This is the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, back in here. And I want to say I got a ton of respect for the coaching staff. I know the process. You know, it's not easy for Coach Rule and his assistants to do what they do. Right. So first right. off, this is respect there for what they do, what they how they've got to prepare every day, every week. But just like when I was a pro, I got picked apart for our games. Games that we won, games that we lost. And I had to I had to stride through that like a professional. I had to keep my head up. I couldn't get frustrated. I couldn't get annoyed because of reporters or talking about me. My dad could. He'd be like, that's why he just puts everything on mute. But as a pro, all of us at, you know, from you know, guys that we grew up watching to and us being those guys, being on the, you know, in terms of me and Jay and other uh, former Huskers and other sports are former Huskers. You know, you go through that. You you be on. You could be in your car driving home from the stadium and the radio station. They just ripping you apart, ripping you a new one. You and your coaching staff. You know, I remember times driving home from Lambeau. We we and we won, and it sounded like we <laughs> lost on the, on, the, on the radio. You know, and at the time, obviously, it was something more of I had to ignore it. Because I mean, this is my job. I can't let something creep in and bother me, and and then I'm looking at my coach funny, or I'm looking at my teammates funny. I'm not gonna let that creep in. That that's not gonna happen. I'm like, but now where I'm at now, as a former player, and understand the process of both coaching, you know, being a coach and being a player, I tell everybody that's like questioning it, that are in my my friend circle or people I know that we watch sports together. Or, where we talk about amongst each other, I say, hey, that, I said, that's a coaching problem. That's not a player problem, especially at the college level. There's more coaching adjustments that need to be done for the players, unless you're dealing with somebody like a Peyton Manning back in the day when we were playing because his dad played in the NFL, his brother also played at Ole Miss. You know, when you have something like that where he has experience, he has um, genetics and all that added on, you know, to, to, his, um, to his mode as an athlete, that's different. But when you're dealing with kids at the high school level and at the college level, it doesn't matter, all the way down to JUCO, all the way up to D1, where we're at right here, it's about the coaching and that coach building and developing these players to make sure they understand, look, you're good. You're not perfect, but you're good. But you got to do these things to stay where you need to be, where you can be a starter for our team. If you go anywhere else and you're playing like this, you're not going to play. Or if you stay here, this is what you, what's going to happen. You got to go through this. You got to go through, you know, learning, making mistakes, getting better, watching film, getting better, building yourself up. And then once you build yourself up, then you start building yourself up with us as coaches. Then we can start having that confidence in you. So no, when any situation pops up, be it from your position or being from a team situation where you got to go on special teams, that I could say to my head coach, if I'm the running best coach, yeah, we could put so-and-so in because I already know he's paid his dues. He's worked hard. I've taught him technique. He showed me he's learned the technique and that basically, as I had coaches in the NFL kind of jokingly say, you about, don't get me fired, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, that, I mean, for them at the NFL level, that was real. But at the college level, you know, it's something where it's the big bounce backs on the coach of your position. If you're not doing certain things that running backs need to do, that tight ends need to do, D linemen need to do, and need to know, you know, it's just it's it's that whole process of that, and that's what what I see and what I know, 
And it's like thinking back to watching. I mean, I'm going back and watching games that I played or games that from old Super Bowls of other teams and just saying, wonder, you know, now I'm pointing out that was a coaching thing, not a player thing. The player should have been told this situation was coming up. So you got to really focus on holding on to the ball. Don't, don't throw it in that direction because they're, they're baiting you to throw it that way you know, to, to get the pick or get an incomplete pass because they know if we get an incomplete pass or we get a pick, game over. You know, well, so you, you played with gunslingers, that. though. You, yeah. I mean, I, I know that you talk to some running backs and they say, I'd much rather play with, with the game manager because they're going to feed you. The gunslinger yeah. will, will take a – he'll see something and say, ah, I can I could get water. it in there. Yeah, I can I can, I do can get this. in there, A.G. That's what Brett used to say. I could get in there, A.G. I got the power. <laughs> <laughs> I got the arm strength. I'll be like, bro, I believe you, but you got three DBs. You got two DBs and just jaywalk or just drive, you know, or Antonio. It's, now, if it's one-on-one, okay, I'm like, I ain't down. One-on-one, right. you, you got it. But you, when you got – we're outnumbered and you're throwing there, you know, it's uh, – you got to throw it out of bounds, live to the next play. What What did he say to you? What was what was that, that huddle like? Because y'all had talent all over the place. Yeah, you know. What, what did he say to you? Like he, because there's a thing that I remember Favre talking to you a lot. Mm-hmm. Come like once you got out of the huddle, he would talk to you constantly. Yeah. What was he saying to you? Oh, we were talking about you know we we're coming out the huddle. That's easy. It's uh, I had a former player coach Edgar Bennett. Once he's got, he came in the building as a player development, mm-hmm. and then he he wiggled his way into the running back room. <laughs> That says a lot. And I remember his first couple of days in, he's like, AG, I want you to do this when you break a huddle, especially on pass plays. I want you to do this to Brett. They said when they when he says the play and then when everybody breaks, so he's like telling me, give me a detailed timing. He says, so when the, when the clap goes, when everybody goes, break, and they start heading to the line of scrimmage, I want you to come up to Brett, just nudge him. Hey, I'll be checked down over here on the left side. I'll be checked down over here over the middle. I got scat blitz. So I got scat um, responsibility. So I'm out in the flat over here on the left side. So he knows the last thing I did, what he just heard That's is where it. his outlet is at. Yeah. So he might go through his progression, look deep for Javon or Donald Driver or Antonio or uh, Bubba Franks. But then he knows because he just got refreshed. Oh, my running back is right here. Boom. And so that was our conversation, you know, and then picking up blitzes, stuff like that. I, w- I would tell him, hey, it looks like they're coming over here because they came this side. They didn't get in, so they're going to try to you know, come around on the right side. Now it would be Tampa Bay. They're always trying to get in that backfield because they had a good defense. Who, who was the toughest team to play? Was, was it Tampa? I say t- within our division, yeah. it was Tampa was one, but a lot of people uh, slept on Minnesota games. Our Minnesota Viking game, mm. probably the most physical games we had. They had linebackers when I got to Green Bay in 2000. Their linebackers on a, small, on a light day were 260. On a light day. Who was that group then? Who who was playing for them that Minnesota was so... The 2000? 2000. Yeah. Chad yeah, Greeley, is that the... Yep, Chad was there. If uh, Harrison, he's about to pull it up, I yeah, know. Yeah, pull that up for us, because I'm, I'm I'm trying to wrap my brain around... And then D. Lyman, you know, they had John well, they, Randall. They had John... Hall of Fame, I, John Randall. Uh, yeah. Like, like he talked the whole time. That was his game. And he was getting in Lyman's head, but he was in his own head. I mean, that was part more for him. He told I met him. He's like, that was more for me. Was Allen in that crew or was that after? Allen. Big sixty nine. Oh, Jared Allen. Jared, Jared Allen. Yes, yeah. he was there. Yeah. Yep. He was there. He was coming off the edge. Well, he didn't have to worry about 
sack and bracket a whole lot because we were running the rock. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you you had Ed McDaniel, you had yeah, McDaniel. Uh, he Dwayne was Rudd. He was on there. He was the lighter one. Mm-hmm. He was light. He was only about two thirty, maybe two forty. Yep. John Randall, defensive edge. Uh yeah, Chris Hoven as well. Tony Williams. Kevin yeah. Williams eventually from Okie State, yeah. I believe. He was a, pro, a perennial pro bowler, and John Randall, uh, Kaylee Wong, middle Kaylee, linebacker yep, from Kaylee Stanford. Wong, we were little Jay and I were just talking about Kaylee Wong. Yeah, he was well, yeah, because he, he went down to Houston with with. with oh with yeah, that's right. He was with yeah. Uh, Jay. Yep, we were just yep. talking about him today. Yeah, so having that linebacker core, we had more battles that people probably didn't know of, that were more physical than Tampa. Like in '03 and '02, we pretty much we could slug it out with Tampa. Yeah. Between myself, Najee Davenport, and Tony Fisher, all of us well over 220, and all of us run physical. Yeah. So between the hedges, between the line, the tackles, it was just a matter of attrition. We was just going to wear – it was just basically like my, my days here. We're going to wear you out. Fourth quarter, that's where we're going to win because now we got a three-headed monster, and you guys got really good DBs. <laughs> that's not going to stop a 225 right. running back right. run down here in fourth quarter. So that Especially was, in bad weather, too. Yeah, in bad weather. Or if we're in Tampa. I mean, the best game we played physically that year was 0-3. We finished that game on a, nine, on a 98-yard drive. And we ran the ball 80% of the time. We only had like four play-action plays on that drive. We had, I think it was an 18-play drive. Were you at an advantage as a runner? Were you at an advantage in December at Lambeau? fourth quarter or was that just it's just cold and you're going to get what you get 100 percent. i'll say i had an advantage yeah. because between playing here where i was i was i was introduced to the cold weather between okay. little league uh-huh. playing with the north omaha boys boys club bears i remember shout them out shout them out shout out to them <laughs> any player and coach that helps on that squad my brother nicky was on there um coaching staff as well coached me on the running backs but that season we played in the game at uno versus the kingswood uh, panthers team or Cougars, actually. They were their older team. That's the story behind it. I'll tell you. I think I already told it, but we played that game at kickoff at UNO. It was negative. It was probably negative 20 at kickoff. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and so then coming here four or five years later, playing in, I think our coldest game might have been Iowa State my junior year. It was probably like, but it was this one's above zero. This was probably like 20 degrees, so it wasn't that bad. But, yeah, getting to Green Bay and how we already having this kind of in my – in my head and in my feel, you know, feeling it, how it runs, how the helmet, you know, if the helmet hits you directly on your hand, how that feel. So having all these experiences, getting to Green Bay, I was like Briar Rabbit and Briar Patch. <laughs> I was like, they don't know. I don't get tired in the cold weather. <sighs> I didn't. Oh. Like in the cold weather, like I never came to the sign. Tony was like, Tony Fisher and Najee, they were like, yeah, when it got below 35, we just stayed on the side. Like, we knew <laughs> This is an AG game. This is an AG game. He ain't tired. He, and I didn't. Because, I mean, I had my asthma, but I grew out of it. You know, that might have been more mental than anything. But, yeah, that cold weather. And for us, what we would do, I remember we had a couple. I remember Nate Wayne. Um, he come up to me, and he had – he. We, so, we, as linebackers, between linebackers and running backs, we tried not to wear no sleeves unless it was really, really cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, he would put uh, – he could do it because he's a linebacker. He would put Icy Hot on his arms. And he, you know, warm him. It'd be warm. Make his out. And he's like, oh, man, I'm doing it for to make my warm shiny and all this stuff. But having those sleeves for our team and then for the opposing teams looking at us yeah. in blood, in uh, 
chilly weather and cold weather, blood curdling weather, yeah. as they they would uh how they set it up on Monday Night Football if it's a cold game or mm -hmm. Sunday night they set it up with the the commentators. Florida teams would be shook because they'd be like, "Why you ain't got no sleeves on? It's freezing out here." I'm like, "Yeah, that was a mind thing for y'all." And the coaches, like, if we didn't do it, the coaches would remind us, "Hey, if you could go without sleeves, go without sleeves." I'm like, "That's easy." I said, "You even have to remind me. I already know because I know once they do, once they see us come out, Tampa Bay shutting it down." I, I'm going to say this again. I've said this to Amon before. He's barely human anyway. <laughs> now he's just confirming. He's just confirming that like we were we were all trying to do human things that Amon was doing. Amon's barely human. So. Hey, my wife agrees with you. She's like, you're an alien. You're just going to yeah. pop. Something's going to come out, oh. and you're going to be, I'm going to find out you're an alien. One of these days, man. <laughs> things like, things to know, man. Things to know. Uh, Harrison, let's, let's take one more break and come back and let the Hall of Famer close this one out.